Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Welcome to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Uh, I'm really excited about today's guest because I listened to her podcast that she hosts with her mum, Table Manners, and the whole time I'm like, I want to be there. I want to be having dinner with them. Um, not only that, she's an amazing singer-songwriter and mother of two, it's Jessie Ware. Oh my God, I've really been looking forward to meeting you. Have you? I feel like I know you already. Yeah, I've been, you know, liking lots of your Instagram posts, <laughs> listening to Happy... Um, I was going to get it wrong. This is Baby Brain. Happy Baby, Happy Mum, Happy Baby... <laughs> I'm a massive fan and I think you're fantastic and it's a real treat to be on this. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Well, let's get chatting. Yeah, come on then. What was your childhood like? I think it was quite a happy one. It was full of fighting with my brother and sister. Um, you know, I've got a fake tooth from my sister with the bathtub. I pulled my brother's arms out of the socket. You know, it was kind of, you know, every day in the warehouse there was something broken. No, it was loud. It was quite exciting. And I have quite fond memories, I think. Did you always know that you wanted to be a mum and not have a family? Absolutely. More than anything in the world, I knew I wanted to be a mum. And did you have an idea in your head of when? I thought I really wanted to be in mid-twenties, 
late 20s mum. I don't know why I was obsessing about what age I'd be when they were going to be 21. But you do, don't you? You do the silly things. I remember my sister saying that she wanted to be a mum when she was 26. Mm. So that became the age that I wanted to. How old were you when you had? 29. Okay. How old am I? Yeah, 29. Fine. But in my head, like, that figure was only there because my sister had said it. And that's still quite young now. Yeah. I didn't. I think I had uh, my daughter when I was about to be 31. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to be a young mum. <laughs> and then some of my friends had kids around 27 and now they're laughing. But um, <laughs> like, they've got like nine-year-olds and they're like being able to do things together and it's like <laughs> less mental. But I was just starting my career at 27, really. And so... Yeah, started well, not even late. Like I think I've done it the most perfect time, but I had this obsession about being a young mum. Yeah, that's so funny. There's so many similarities yeah. with me. Yeah. Suddenly, in my book career, like my writing career, took off at a point where I thought I would be doing the motherhood thing. You know, I think we've got a similar thing where we've known our partners forever. Yeah, you went to school yeah. together. I mean, I went to school with Sam at primary school. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, we weren't going out when we were in primary school. I didn't. But we didn't did you even always speak to each know other. each other? Did you? We like that? knew each other, but we bumped into each other at like drum and bass rave when we were like sixteen. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, there's Sam Burrows from Honeymoon." And then we remet properly and like fell for each other when we were like seventeen, eighteen. So we've been together since we were eighteen. So it's very similar. To yeah, me. yeah. And so yeah, I mean, I guess we could have started a bit earlier, but it's, don't I you had, find it that thing though? Because when you get together so young. Mm you're still exploring and you're still living life mm. and you kind of almost forget that those are the other steps. You might talk about it. Like me and Tom had a list of oh. names. You know, we always knew that that's what we wanted. Yeah. But actually getting down and doing it, <laughs> taking a plunge what, and having, having kids. Having sex. <laughs> no, 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 back then I'm sure there was lots of sex. <laughs> More than now. Um, but, you know, I think the actual taking the plunge and going, right, we want kids, let's yeah, actually yeah, make yeah, this yeah, happen. Yeah. It's a big step. Yeah, and I think... Speaking about myself, I was in this weird situation where I didn't feel like I'd fully achieved everything in music. Mm -hmm. The podcast wasn't happening and I felt it was like almost a sacrifice on my career, which was mad Mm. because it hasn't been at all. The music industry, as you, you will know, it's a really odd industry and sometimes women are perceived as having a bit of a shelf life with music as pop, in pop and whatnot. And um, not that I really make pop, pop music. And But I I was like, if I have a baby now, what's going to happen with my career? And I don't feel like I've made enough of it yet. And in my head, I think I thought that I was going to... Initially, when I was dreaming about having babies when I was younger, I was like, well, that will be everything That's for me. what you're going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and it absolutely hasn't been. And it was really Annie Mack, the DJ... She's not just a DJ, she's a businesswoman, she's inspiring, she's been like basically my mentor. And I rung her and I was like, am I stupid to go for a baby? Um, When I think I was like after album two and she was Mm. like, do it. She was like, it'll make you work harder, you'll be more successful, you'll have your amazing child. She was like, absolutely do it and you never know how long it's going to take. And she was just like, just forget about the music, it will all work out. And it absolutely has and it's been... I mean, it's, of course, it's a balancing act, isn't yeah. it, all the time? But it, did, you, did you fall pregnant easily? I did, and I feel really guilty about don't, that. Don't, don't. Yeah, it was really easy. So then I was constantly, I was like, well, that was too easy, so obviously I'm going to miscarry. And uh, luckily, I didn't with either of them, and it was it was very, very lucky, and I've had lots of friends that have not found it easy, and I have I do feel slightly guilty about that, but yeah, it's it It's funny, out. isn't it, because you don't, you never want to have those worries. Mm. 
And I think anyone who is having difficulties falling pregnant wouldn't wish it on other people. No, I know. So when it does, I mean, I always say that the guilt is with you from day one. And that is the perfect example of that guilt. Yeah. I think, you know, and then I don't know, it's like horses for courses, isn't it? But so I really struggle with breastfeeding. I struggle so much. So I'm like, okay, well, I got, and I know they're two different things. I'm very lucky that I've got my baby to attempt to breastfeed. But I feel really lucky that that happened so quickly. Were you surprised when you found out? I mean, I'm such a control freak. (laughs) I wasn't that surprised because (laughs) because I had a period tracker. So I guess like... I yeah, but need... only 30% chance. If everything is really? right with you, everything is right with your partner and you do it at the right time, there's still only a 30% chance of falling pregnant. Oh, bloody hell, we are lucky then. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was amazing. But I think I'm such a pessimist that yeah, I was con- so stressed. I think you're stressed out worrying about it until yeah. you get past that 20-week scan that makes it feel slightly more real. Mm. It's that weird, the longest 12 weeks of your life, aren't they? So strange. Ugh, Yeah. Did you tell anyone in that 12 weeks? Yeah, I definitely told people. And the second time it was really weird because I think the, a newspaper approached my old record label mm. and said, we believe Jessie Ware is pregnant. I don't know how they knew, apart from I'd been doing festivals and maybe the wind had blown on my... T- I, you show a bit more on the second yeah. one, don't you? And so I had to call the um, president of Virgin and be like... Before you hear this from somebody else, um, this is what's going on. I mean, it was really odd to be pushed into that situation, yeah. but very lucky that everything worked out and he was cool and he, he was like, of course, great, amazing. Because that's the difficult thing as well, isn't it? Sort of planning ahead. Yeah. I had a similar thing where someone who I know said to me, it was at a time when I wasn't even thinking about trying for a family, but she said, don't put off that stuff because she, I think she'd been working with someone who was in her 80s, never had a family, and that lady had said to her, now I have nothing. And, you know, all those audiences that I've acted in front of and formed and, you know, they love me in that moment Mm. and I sacrificed so much Mm. and now I'm on my own. Oh, God. It's an interesting thing, isn't Mm. it? You kind of feel that that's your everything, but actually there is another level to life. Yeah, and look, I feel life is very interesting and exciting now that I have kids. I'm knackered, (laughs) but... It feels quite grey before they came into my really? life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like me having a really silly job as it is, like which is very fun. It definitely puts things into perspective. I mean, maybe I'm feeling pretty great because my son slept through the night, like basically for the first time last night. Let's talk about them coming into the world. Yep. What was your first labour like? It was kind of amazing. I felt like I was in a Kirby Enthusiasm episode, a film of... Uh, giving birth I'd basically prepped so much for this birth how did you prep oh man I threw money at the really oh yes (laughs) I basically I I was so worried about the birth I wanted children beyond belief I was so scared about the actual birth I was still didn't really understand how that could come out of your fanny yeah I just didn't understand it and my mate Quentin had a really quick birth and I said, how did you do it? She was like, like, four hours. And I was like, how did you do it? This is when I didn't know enough about things, <laughs> by the way. Um, and she went, I went to see this woman. She made me drink some teas, stretched out my fanny. Like, <laughs> you'll be cool. <laughs> so I went to see this incredible woman who is my friend and I adore, Gary Motha, who has brought water births over to the UK. And she is kind of an Ayurvedic, hypnotherapy, gentle birth 
guru, wonderful woman. I adore her so, so much. And she was so important and integral to the second birth, bizarrely, because I kind of saw her less in the second pregnancy. But yeah, so I went to see her. I was having lots of lymphatic drainages. And um, I think I kind of over-prepared for the first birth. Right. Um, <laughs> but the first birth, I was nine days overdue. And I'd gone gluten and sugar free. I'd like done all this prep. I was treating it like it was the biggest marathon of my life, which actually is it, pretty full on, isn't it? I had the best snacks that were all gluten and sugar free, which definitely you don't want to eat when you're giving birth and you're, you've been vomiting for fucking 24 hours and you get given a flaxseed cracker. That's crap. Um, Give it a Yeah. Why? And I said this to Gary. I was like, I, did, I had all sugar free. She was like, no, you can have sugar by the birth. Like, pause. <laughs> anyway, so Gary was incredible. I was kind of drinking these teas. I was doing lots of massage, craniosacral therapy, reflexology, acupuncture. I was like doing the whole shebang. <laughs> and my mum was like, you're, you're mental. She was like, darling, just have the epidural. Just have it. And somebody after the first birth, she went, treat yourself to an epidural next time. <laughs> um, and uh, so anyway, birth went in, uh, started getting rumblings, tried to not think about it too much, mm -hmm. you know how they say. Um, went for a massive walk with our dog. And then um, yeah, we watched that bloody, what's it called, Zootopia? Because they, oh, right. they say, watch something that will make you feel light and happy. So we watched some cartoon that was really sweet. <laughs> so, like, things are starting to, like, yeah. bubble totally in, in the zone. And then, yeah, shit got real in the, in the evening. And they were coming thick and fast, the contractions, uh, surges, whatever you want to call them. And I was like, call them. They're coming every, what is it, three and ten. Right. Um, I was like, they're coming. Like, the baby's on its way. I was playing Blue Nile and, and this amazing band that I love I had humidifier everything was just like it was om shanty on it was amazing vibes and Sam rings up the midwife and he's like yeah and they were like how is she and he was like she seems okay and I was like I'm just killing this hypnobirthing like I'm smacking it and uh they went I don't think she should come in he was like yeah I don't know I was like babe I'm just I'm absolutely bossing this like we just need to go to the hospital and that's what we're going to do. So we were living in East London and we were going to UCH because right. for some reason I thought because my brother was a junior doctor there, I'd get preferential treatment. Of course I wasn't going to because <laughs> he's not even an obstetrician. So I was like, no, we're going to go to UCH. It was a massive schlep from Dalston. Right. But we went at like two in the morning and we got sent home. She was like, you're two centimetres dilated. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Everything went out the window. She was like, do you want me to give you a sweep? Oh, well, you're nice then. Yeah, gone. I was like, yeah, no, gone. And um, she gave me a sweep. It made it go from like zero to 100. And then she was like, right, go home. And I was like, ah, no, what are you saying? You just did that to me and now I'm going like, to go. It was so, it went from, I thought that was what, contractions felt like to then this and I was like oh shit it's intense when it's so happening. intense yeah, yeah. and then got home labored I went into that zone I was kind of like an animal and it seemed very high and it yeah. was like and, and then we got back in at rush hour on a Monday <laughs> in the first rain of September oh, and the taxi driver kept on saying why aren't you going to Homerton and I was like because I'm going to UCA <laughs> shut up it took 50 minutes to get there I was just like, oh, and I'd gone because I was trying to maintain the hypnotherapy. I had Gary in my ears with massive headphones like we're wearing now. I had my big Celine glasses on, a hood, a, a a, a, like a Adidas hoodie and tracksuit and then like my sliders. I looked like Honey G. <laughs> And like I looked mental, and uh, and then I was groaning, having like the contractions in the lift. 
And this woman just went up to me. She went, you're doing really well. And I just like, <laughs> Anyway, the baby did not That's come That's why they ages. say, though, can we speak to her? Because otherwise, <laughs> so if you're there going, yes, it's going really well, they're like, nah, you're not there yet. No, I know. And that's it. I, and then anyway, it, I asked for all the drugs in the world, even though I wanted totally natural. They wouldn't give them to me because of my birth plan. I was like, fuck the birth no. plan. Ignore the birth plan. Sam was like, you don't want this. You've prepared so much for this to have this birth the way you want. And I was like, no, just give me something. Anyway, ride the round. This is a good part to the story. We were put in like a broom cupboard, which actually worked out really great. So I didn't get the water birth or anything like that because it was really busy. And I was high as a kite. And I'm riding around. I'm talking about British Bake Off. And there was this girl just sitting there and... She'd been there for about an hour, just kind of not really doing anything. And Sam, you know, it's hard for the partner because yeah. they're not in that next level zone that you're in. And he said, sorry, what are you doing here? She went, oh, I'm just on work experience. <gasps> and he went, I think you need to go. And she, oh she was just there. Gosh. I know. It was quite funny, though. And I was there because my one of my mates was training to be a midwife. So I was like, babe, how many births are you up to? Wah! Like the into the next contraction. And I was just like, um, and she was just on work experience. Oh my God. Anyway, I had the most amazing male midwife, and we'd been pushing for two hours. And I thought that two hours was like the cutoff. Mm. And I said, Is it time for intervention? <laughs> Because I was really complimented. It's amazing. When you get into the pushing for me, I was like, bang, okay, let's go. It's game time. Like, let's do this. And I was like, this superhero warrior woman from going to this kind of high as a kite person before. Yeah. I was like, right, let's do this. And I just couldn't get her out. And the playlist had gone to shit by this point. And <laughs> we were like, and she was born to Bob Marley, uh, one love, nice. accidentally. <laughs> um, it was not a choice. Uh, he was at the bottom of the playlist. I had Sade and Frank Ocean and people like that at the top. And Bob Marley was at the end. One love. She came out. She's very well, happy. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, uh, she and he said, no, we won't. Don't worry. You're doing really, really well. And I was like, I'm really not. My husband had bought TRX. Have you ever used a TRX? No. It's like a workout thing. Because he's a PT. Yeah. You're right. And he's shit with me with PT. And he's an amazing PT, but um, I, I don't I don't listen yeah, to him. Yeah. I know better than him, yeah. of course. Of course. Anyway, he brought this TRX band to hook over the door, which is like, so you can kind of use your body weight and you can, like, straps. You can do pull-ups on it, everything. I wasn't doing pull-ups, but I was holding it for resistance. And I was doing the deepest squat I've ever done. And... He told me to do that. We tried everything else. Like, and I'd done amazing active yoga with this amazing woman called Anne who is in Hackney. If anybody's in Hackney, you need to see her. She does it at the Yoga Body Centre and she does this couple's um, yoga and she was amazing. So Sam was really understanding how to like manoeuvre my body and like really trying to open it up. And he was like, get on the TRX, do a massive squat. And he, she came out. So I kind of like, Sam felt really proud of himself. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, the partner can play as active role if they want or not, or they can just be really annoying, I'm Well, sure. also, you don't know how you're going to feel in no, that moment and you, what you're going to totally. need. Totally. So, so you we could talk about team. this nice little fingertip massage yeah. in the moment. You'd be like, get yeah. off me. Yeah, exactly. But he was amazing. I, mean, I felt like we were such a team. Mm. And it was like, I mean, he cried so much. I was kind of like on adrenaline. So I was like there and he was like she's bleeding out someone save my wife and he was like it's fine don't worry <laughs> anyway so it's amazing like that was so positive so I feel like I had a natural birth yeah I didn't tear 
all that money that I spent was hopefully worthwhile. But also, I think it was probably... I didn't tell her because she took ages to come out, so she, I think she was just stretching everything out. But um, I'd got that epi note. I mean, I'd, like, literally done everything in prep. So I was like, if I don't get the birth that I yeah. want, then I will be super disappointed. And you actually sometimes... You don't know how the baby's going to come out. No. Anyway, so that was great. What was it like when you actually met her and she was in your arms? She was just... It felt quite surreal. I don't think I kind of... I remember my mum was just ready to come over and... <laughs> I felt like a grown-up all of a sudden, I think. And my husband made me feel like a goddess as well, that it was just like this incredible thing. And then you kind of want to remind them of that when they <laughs> forget. Remember that time you saw me push a human out of my food? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just, I don't know, it just felt like she'd always been there, really. How was it becoming a mum and having a newborn? Because obviously your life is quite... Very different. Mm. I, I always think that juxtaposition of being on stage and being that creative and then being at home with a newborn mm. where they're not really listening to you quite so much or, you know, there's no control. I Yeah, I. it was amazing to just kind of stop for mm. a second and take stock of this incredible little thing and it to not be focused on all the silly things of music. It was amazing, but I did feel like... After about eight weeks, I was ready to start talking about work again. Really? Even though for, when I, she was in the sling and I was walking and I was taking her to a music class and I'd be like, right, what are we doing? Da, da, da. But I think I was in a different headspace then. I said, I'm going to take so much more time off with my son. <laughs> I haven't at all. But weirdly, I think doing the podcast, he's been at the dinner table when he was... I mean, I was breastfeeding in front of bloody Kiefer Sutherland whilst giving him brisket <laughs> for... I mean, you know, weird situations. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the second birth quickly, because I know that you... I had a home birth. You had a home birth? Yeah. This is something that I really thought about a lot the third time round. Yeah. And then because I'd done the other two at hospital, I just thought, I don't want to break... Yeah. What, that don't break something that's not... What's was, that saying? Is don't, it's the, If it ain't broke, don't fix it. There we go. There we we'll go. There. I, um, <laughs> I have to say, it was... It was magical. My mum thought I was mad doing it. My brother, who's a doctor, thought I was mad doing really? it. Gave me all these stats of being like, you are stupid. I'd done so much research into natural birth with my first mm -hmm. um, baby and I believed so much in Gary Motha and her kind of gentle birth method and Holly de Cruz with and that doesn't mean that you can't have a brilliant birth in a hospital because I had an amazing birth. Yeah, I had in, amazing uh, three amazing births. Yeah, yeah, like I think my husband was born in a bathtub in Brixton in a commune. I mean, his mum had two Home birth, she said it was so easy. She said it just felt like a bit of a bad tummy. Like, and then he was out. Like, I mean, she had this very rose tinted version of it. And I think my husband was very keen for us to do it because we'd had such a positive first birth. Yeah. Where it was essentially natural, apart from a little bit of dimorphine, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> and uh, I kind of said, yeah, sure. And I think I did it slightly at the beginning for the wrong reasons. Right. I think I was like, I'm doing it for my husband and for the kind of legacy of the Burroughs family that are, you know. But then in my head, I was like, no, I can do this. Like, I believe that your body is made to kind of do these amazing things when you're giving birth. And I'd been very lucky. So, the, you know what, when I went for my first checkup with the midwife, she said, how was your first birth? And I was like, great, natural, no tearing. Blah, blah. She was like, you should have a home birth. And the lazy person in me was like, you get all your appointments at home. Really? Yeah, and I was like, that sounds wicked. So, <laughs> and then you can always choose to go to hospital. So my home birth team, honestly, I have to shout them out. Like Francine and Annie were just amazing. I love them so much. It was Homerton Hospital. 
And so they'd come over and I remember Francine just thought, who the fuck is this woman? Like, I was just chatting, like giving her all the stats and she was like, back the fuck off. <laughs> anyway, we became such good friends. I adored them. Oh, it was so magical. How much did they come over beforehand then? It was like all the checkups that you have when you right. go to the hospital or you go to your midwife, whether that's at the GP or whatever. So they do that. And then near the end when I was two weeks overdue and I was about to be induced, I had a doula on the second birth actually too. Really? Amy, who was fantastic because I thought if I'm going to have a home birth then I know what I'll be like I'll be like this is feeling wrong we need to go to hospital so I thought a doula would be so amazing for that being able to calm me and Sam was so incredible in the first birth so was she recommended or she was recommended through my producer James Ford's wife who's amazing Serene she they'd had her and they said she's brilliant yeah she was a right hippie and I love that <laughs> so we did like the closing of the bone ceremony and oh, like all that jealous. shit how did Chris talked about it love with me, it and we never actually did love. it so um yeah like and she'd do these amazing couples and meditations and you know I'm really highly strung and a massive control freak but I do believe in all that yeah and I need somebody else to guide me otherwise I'll be like work or do something else so but it was very interesting second birth because it was at home he was two weeks late I'd gone into the hospital that morning to negotiate not being induced right I said can I take the pessary I was 13 days overdue so I still had that one day once you get to 12 o'clock at night yeah you're high risk as soon as it's right. like that so there was all this kind of juggling and kind of trying to make sure it the hospital were happy for me to be at home, but whatever. And also, I wasn't going to be that person that was like, I'm I'm not going to hospital. I was like, I want this baby out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I want the baby safe. And so I went in and I said, look, can you give me the pessary? And then I can go home and hopefully it will kickstart and labour at home and hopefully it would happen. She was like, you're too far gone. You're too dilated. So we're going to have to break your waters. And I was like, oh, God. And that's like with the coat hanger thing. And yeah, I, it yeah. scared the shit out of me. So we negotiated to come back that evening and then do our waters breaking then. I sobbed on the phone to my doula and I was like, you know, and she was like, this is going to be amazing. Whatever happens, we're going to see your baby be born and it's going to be amazing and you're going to do so well. And I think I was really scared about the induction because I've heard that, you know, the Gets a bit contractions intense. can be yeah. really intense. So, but then I felt really supported by my team. Also, I was a bit sad that I maybe wouldn't have had my home birth team mm -hmm. who had become so important and integral to this kind of birth. Equally, I was very accepting of the fact that what will be will be. I think I was overdue by two weeks because I was scared about the home birth. And really? this is what I think. I think it's a total, it was a psychological thing for me. Anyway, as soon as she said, we're going to have a great one, let it go. I started having rumblings. It was really weird. So I text Gowrie. I'm overdue, really overdue. They want me to go in tonight. She was like, don't get your waters broken. Come to me. I said, I think I'm feeling something, but you don't want to think about it. Yeah. So I went in the cab and I was feeling, I was just trying to be, and she got, we did reflexology and then she, she did cranio on me. And honestly, my surges became so much stronger and more regular with her. And she was talking me through it. It was incredible. And it was like my body was just submitting to the fact that like what will be, will be. Yeah. And that's the thing with birth. It's like you can't plan it as much as you want to. And, um, and so the surges became much stronger and it was really almost like delicious feeling, this feeling that I've been wanting to feel for so long. And then she was like, right, you're going to have the baby today. And I was like, so I don't have to go into the hospital. And she was like, no, you're fine. Get in the cab. She put this weird high frequency thing in the headphones. So I had this weird high frequency. It was like... That literally was what I was listening to for 45 minutes to get home. To keep me in the zone. I don't fucking understand it, but it worked. Yeah. Anyway, got home. Sam had got the pool out. We told do Amy Doola. And then just stopped. I think I got stage fright. Midwife came over and I was like, it was just working. I don't know what happened. She was like, cool. 
you just need to get a good night's sleep because this could happen tonight. Yeah. And she went home. Amy, I said, come on, can you just do some weird relaxation thing with me? And anyway, she did it. She did all this clearing of the chakras, all yeah. that, love it. And uh, she said something like, let go, let go. And my water's broke in the bed. And then it was game on. Four hours later, he was out. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Mental. It was so weird. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft. Made with Tencel, it's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Do you find that motherhood has helped you creatively? Because it's quite difficult if you've had a sleepless night mm. to get into a studio mm. or into workspace and not feel totally drained and empty. Yeah. Or, But then there are also times mm. where actually having that creative outlet, it's a way to channel those emotions and kind of... Definitely for Glass the House, the last record, that was very much about the beginnings of motherhood. That record was really inspired by sleepless nights and waiting to be a mum. And actually, I've always been quite strict since I've had the kids. If I am in the studio, it's going to be maximum six hours. And I'm right. like, if you can't get an idea by that point, let's just go home. Doesn't matter. I don't need to jam it out till four in the morning. I'm cool. Yeah. Like, I got other shit to do. So the sleepless nights actually were really helpful, I think, me going into another kind of world with my mind and creativity. This time around, I've written a record that's like filth and... <laughs> that late nights and dancing everything yeah. that I'm not doing <laughs> so it's like pure escape about all the sexy time yeah yeah and like so but that's been quite fun too it's been yeah. inspired by parenting I guess yeah in a different way a reaction but yeah no I think it, it's sometimes 
that kind of weird feeling you feel when you've had no sleep. It can bring magic out, but also can absolutely make not be able to speak, even though I had a good night's sleep. <laughs> well, because you're no longer censoring yourself, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because you're just like, that layer is gone. Slightly drunk, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. What has surprised you the most about motherhood? I have like a new found respect for my husband in a different way. The lack of sleep has surprised me slightly. Um, what I'm finding hard at the moment is my daughter's personality is coming out and I feel like I can't protect her the whole time yeah and that is really hard when they're doing things and you're like oh babe and it's fine they need to work it out but that thing of like I forgot but I now remember what it was like being a kid yeah and it's quite hard and I that's something that I I thought I'd be more kind of like cool I want to protect her the whole time obviously you do obviously you do yeah, yeah, yeah. So your daughter but that's something that I'm finding really Makes you hard to bite why your my mum's mom's t- kind of like, no, don't do that. That's yeah. not, do you know? Yeah. yeah. That's something that I'm finding really hard at the moment just because I just want her to be okay. Yeah. And of course she's going to be fine. But anyway. You spent your whole childhood knowing that motherhood was what you wanted. Yeah. Is it what you thought it was going to be? <sighs> this is something that I was going to actually talk about in the letter. Oh, uh, yeah. We- well, so, so. Uh, as you know, yeah, uh, I have been working on a book called Letters on Motherhood. It's the next nonfiction. Uh, well, it's a series of letters all based around motherhood, like it says That's on the tin. And I was going to ask you, if you were to write a letter mm. based around motherhood, who would it be to and what would you say? Well, firstly, I write letters to my kids every birthday. Oh. And I do it and it's really wonderful because it gets you to remember things that you maybe will forget. But anyway, so I've never written a letter to myself, but if I was going to write it to myself or a new mum... I think to me, I would say motherhood may not be everything you expect and it may not be everything you need and you mustn't feel guilty about needing other things such as a career. Yeah. And you're going to find it harder than you thought and it's not going to be a walk in the park, but it's also going to be the best thing you've ever done in your life. But it doesn't have to define you, even though you thought potentially it would. Yeah. And you can't be perfect all the time. And that, I think I was so ready to be the most perfect mum and I'm definitely not nobody is I don't think but like I I think I'd just be say don't be so hard on yourself because you're going to get things wrong and it will be fine but it won't define you as much as you thought it would and that's okay too it doesn't mean you can't adore your children and adore being a mother but I mean, I'm still having to say this to myself, but like the guilt, it's yeah. going to be there from well, the Well, it's that weird thing. It's like you just touched on. It's that thing of you knew that you always wanted to be a mum. Yeah. I'm the same. When I had my kids, I thought I wouldn't work, that they would be mm. my life. Mm. And then this career grew mm. and all of a sudden I want that too. And it's really hard to admit I love you, but actually I want to be working. I want yeah. to be doing that other stuff yeah. because that is me too. Yeah. I think... I started out in music a bit later. I got signed when I was 27. So potentially I could have had a career for seven years earlier. And also I could have a career that I don't like. Yeah. And therefore I would want to maybe not be doing it. Yeah. I love my job and I I love my life and I love the fact that my children are in my life and they're able to experience a lot of my life that maybe lots of children may not be able to experience with their families. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a bit messy, but we seem to make it work but yeah I think I need to be a bit kinder to myself to be honest about it I think I'm quite hard on myself I think we all are Mm. I think sometimes the kindness comes from realizing that we all are doing that yeah I don't know it's I'd say once a month me and Tom sit down together and we're like something's got to give really yeah the balance is just not right really yeah usually we just push ourselves push 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 
And then what happens? And then we sit down. One of us cries, probably me. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, you just have that release and, and be a bit kind to yourself. And then the next month you realise that you've pushed yourself to that point again. Mm. Yeah, it's... Ugh. Yeah, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, Tom works full-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we both work in the day, balancing childcare. So his parents kind of work for us and deal with the school runs and Max now. That's amazing. They started having Max when he was one. And then in the evenings, we put the kids to bed, and then from seven, we're back in our offices. So we don't talk to each other. It's hard, that man. Yeah. So from January, I think we're going to scale back in the evenings, actually. So what time so, are you working till? Oh, sometimes 11 midnight sometimes so like you never have just like that intimacy i think that's something i'd say in the letter too like a friend of mine was texting me yesterday just being like she was pissed off with her husband yeah she's on maternity leave at the moment and it's been quite full-on and she's loving it absolutely loving it but she's got to that point where the baby's about eight and a half months and she's a bit bloody knackered Mm. she just wants a little break and she said her husband annoyed her i was like i remember with my daughter it was from around the eight and a half, nine months mark over the one year where me and my husband were getting on so badly Mm. and I think we were just so tired and that kind of initial haze of being a new mum has lifted and then it's like, okay, you are... This is really mental and amazing, but wow... And, but uh, relentless. Yeah, relentless. Mm. And, and and I think it's really important to still find time for you yeah. as, like, a couple. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard because it feels like a sacrifice. Like, you feel guilty if... Yeah, but you need to find the time because yeah. otherwise you just become this, like, operation. It is that. It totally is. Which it totally yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, But the reason you had babies was because mm-hmm. you quite liked each other. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really hard to sometimes remind yourselves of and to make that effort with each other. Yeah. I think it's becoming aware, isn't it, of how you're you are with each other. Mm. And if you're having Mm. those conversations Mm. or if you're just literally snapping each other over breakfast to get things done before the kids leave for school. So I think we are aware of it and we're kind of... Because I think up until about two months ago, I always thought, no, our time or my time or our time together, it's the family time. Mm. And then actually, no, that time is spent in the park with one of us behind the pram, the other one chasing the boys yeah. on the bikes because yeah. they've gone off. Yeah, so yeah, actually, yeah. you might have those brief moments where you look at each other and yeah. go, oh, it's, look what we made. Well, I always I always <laughs> think that like going out for breakfast is going to be great. No, it's always stressful. <laughs> it's really stressful. Going after them is shit because one of them's not eating or one of them's crying or one of them's doing a poo and it's just, or it just never works out the right way. So you have this kind of rose tinted view yeah. of it, but no, totally. And not putting those pressure or those moments like the totally. park. Totally, like, exactly. Like, you see people on Instagram, it's great if they want to capture that five seconds where everyone was smiling yeah. and it was all great. Yeah. That's why I think when I'm, I'm really conscious of when I post things like that to mention the before or after, mm, mm. to put it into context. Totally. Because I, I feel really bad if I put a picture of me and Tom up and there's a hashtag couple goals. <laughs> like, no, guys, no. No, we fucking <laughs> hated each other this morning. <laughs> Literally, yeah. No, it's funny you saying that, G, because, like, you are writing your book. Has, mm. You finished it now? Yes. Yeah, page proof. You were doing gone. it with a one-year-old yes. under one. Yeah. I did a similar thing with the cookbook. Yeah. And like doing it, you just weirdly make it work though, don't yeah, you? you? Like, do. And it's all a bit rough around the edges, but it's kind of, you just make it work. But it's... Well, the letters, but I guess recipes are the same actually, mm. because you it's bits. Do you know what I mean? That all feeds together to yeah. create this one big bit that you obviously got to make sure that it all gels. Yeah. 
you can sit down. So say I had a run-in with someone at a swimming pool, a mum that really, really upset me. Yeah, so I sat down and wrote her a letter. It was actually great therapy for me. Yeah, thank you. Because I got it all out, yeah. Thank you for being a dick. <laughs> yeah, thanks so what much. What did she do? Buddy was having a meltdown and, and she came over and basically interfered, completely undermined me and just told me that, uh, kept repeating that she was a more experienced mother. Oh my in God. In a really condescending tone. Yeah, literally made me cry quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's more to it, but yeah. So I kind of, I went home and wrote her a letter. But then also writing letters to myself, writing letters to the boys. It's like therapy. But mm. like I said about the cookbook as well, you'd have recipes that you focus on. So it's kind of an intense moment for that recipe and then you can have a break and then go on something else. Whereas when I'm writing fiction, my head's got to be in the oh, game wow. because yeah. that's a whole like through thought and oh, story yeah. arc. Yeah, right. I'm not getting into fiction anytime soon. <laughs> Hell no. The cookbook was enough for me. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. But you're recording as well. Yeah, I'm recording. Well, I've actually kind of recorded. I think we're like finishing off the record next week. Yeah. I'm a bit scared about that, to be honest. Like, I'm scared about how that works alongside. But the podcast really feels, even though it takes up so much time, it's such a pleasure. But like, yeah. I don't know. There's something about the fact that we can do it around whether the kids have been put to bed, then you have somebody come over at seven. And whether it's my nanny or Sam being with them in bed at least I know they're there and yeah. I'm downstairs and I'm just yeah there's the fear of uh, promo with uh, leaving the house <laughs> leaving the house yeah, exactly. <laughs> do everything having to make an effort um <laughs> but like yeah leaving the house and potentially having to go away a bit like it's all a bit unknown but maybe I'll do it a bit differently this time I don't know how I do you think of... you could work it I think I'll just do less yeah. just do really important stuff I'm you know I'm four albums in now so I'm like I know when something is really necessary mm. and when something is actually, I can do without it. And I think there's, yeah, the art of saying no on both parts. So I'll be a bit stricter. I have really good management. I have a really brilliant husband who can keep me in check a bit as well. Yeah. If I'm like, it's fine. I think I'll do it. Talk to me in a year. We'll, <laughs> it's we'll hard, see. isn't it? Because you kind of feel like you've you literally got a go grip either. of what's going on already in your life. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Not. Yeah. But and knowing that this other thing is looming. Oh, and no matter how much you love it, it's like I feel like when it's a book tour coming or whatever, mm. how much I'm going to love that. Mm, mm, mm. I found it about the tour, the Having My Fat Baby tour. I've just got to get through that. Mm. And I was like, what are you doing? No, enjoy it. You've enjoy got to it. appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I think that's something that doing the podcast and having children have slowed down in the sense of, I haven't slowed down at all, but in the sense of I, I'm able to take in and appreciate what's happening a bit more yeah. than when I first started out. I think now I'm like, I, I sung at the Royal Albert Hall the other day. I did two nights. I sung a song each night. I took it in and I looked. Two years ago, I would have been so scared, wouldn't have appreciated it, would have said, that was shit. I was like, I'm going to enjoy this. And I think it's infectious, you know? Yeah. And I think, like, the podcast has given me that confidence in my ability in music and working, being a working mum. And I don't know, it's given me... Do you me think motherhood's also had an effect? Yes, absolutely. I think you just don't have time or care as much because there's far more important things to worry about, such as your children and their welfare. And I love that. It's yeah. kind of emancipated me in the sense that, like, I feel freer and I feel you don't give a shit as much. And I love that. I used to care so much what people thought. Really? And I remember you saying that in one of your podcasts. Like, mm. I, don't, I don't care anymore. Yeah. And I don't, know whether, I don't know whether you feel that with your children, like yeah. whether that's helped you kind of... Absolutely. I think with friendships and stuff as well. Yeah. You know, people that, you know, I think we all have people in our lives that don't want to be in our lives. Mm. And you're just like, no, be my friend. I mm. think this could work. Mm. And then I think motherhood happens and you're kind of like, actually, 
I don't have time. You don't want to be in my life. That's that's it's fine. Cool. I don't yeah. feel like certain things shouldn't be as hard mm. as some people make them. Mm. And actually taking a step back and kind of going, that's fine. I think there's something so humbling and wonderful about if you've had a ridiculously stressful day and then you get home and you're with your kids and it, and you just need to focus on this little person that you've made and they are wicked and they say something really funny. And then you just go, oh, I don't even remember what I was pissed off about before I walked through the door. They're wicked when they start speaking, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, Shit, although Buddy's the, Buddy's the same age as your daughter and his jokes are literally just the word poo. poo. Yeah. yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah, poo. Yeah. But why do I laugh? <laughs> so much. <laughs> so much. <laughs> so good. So we end each podcast yeah. with you finishing three sentences. Oh, shit. Okay, come on then. Being a mum means... Fuck! I should have fucking prepared this. Um, <laughs> not, not the first time. Being a mum means everything. But not really everything, as I've said. Does that work? I think it does work. It totally everything, works. if you know what I mean, but not everything. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Since being a mum, I... Look really old. I feel that. Mate, I don't think I'll ever sleep right again. No. And I, and I now lighter. wee every time I laugh a bit. And that's yeah. fine, though. I can kind of deal with that. It's fine. <sighs> Sad but the, it's the bags. Yeah. Since being a mum, I need more concealer. <laughs> yeah. I was literally plucking out grey hairs when I was in oh, labour ma- with Max. Oh, I don't even have time to dye the hair at the moment. No, I don't. And I don't really give a shit. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> Postpartum fluff. Oh, my God. Like... <laughs> Mine is off the scale. Look at that. It's, like, amazing. <laughs> so you've got a fringe. Yeah, it's really amazing. It's kind of like that girl interrupted fringe where, you, like, you've been in the mental institution. You've yeah. <laughs> and I'm happy when? It's us four in bed in the morning... They've got their bottles and we've got a cup of tea. And for that split second, everything is calm. And you look at them and you're like, you are amazing. <laughs> that sleepy face. I love the split second part no, of that sentence. You know what I mean, though. <laughs> no, exactly. But maybe, maybe it's, it's not there. a split second. Take it. <laughs> it's just like that beautiful thing. They've just woken up and they're a bit groggy and you give oh. them their bottle and they're just like, they don't move for a second. <laughs> and everyone's there. Yeah. My favourite part the morning. If they have slept all right through the night. You know what I mean? That's like my idea of heaven, like a Sunday morning. And then, you know, you've got Ella Fitzgerald going on. No, I mean, it doesn't work like that. It's Moana or or Frozen or Spice Girls. My daughter's obsessed with Spice Girls. Which is really cool. She's like, can I have the Zigga Zigga? But it's so funny because we had Mel B on the podcast and I got a picture with her with the Spice Girl. Yeah. My daughter's literally in the picture being like, get off me. Who are you? One day, one day she'll fully appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, God, God I am scared about what I said, but hey, it's such a pleasure. <laughs> it's so funny the table's being turned. Oh, mate, it? it's really, it's really <laughs> worrying. I hope that I sound like an okay mum. You, like, you sound like an amazing mum. You're sweet. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not, but it's cool. You I are. love it. I it's think the, the thing about this podcast is it's all about, it doesn't matter who you are, what you have, what you do, we all face the same things, mm. you know, and, and I think that's what unifies us. Motherhood should uni- unite totally. us rather than, like, make us go, you do that, you do that no, wrong. It totally. does nothing, No, you know. I know. It's interesting, isn't it? They're kind of shaming, but it's just, yeah, I haven't really had that. No. And I think I've got such a brilliant set of, like, sisters and mothers around me that we're all just working it out. And that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, no, thank you. Honestly, your podcast is really brilliant. Like, I love it. 
and I'm really touched to be on it. So Aww. thank you. Thank you very much. Now I need to read some of your fiction. I'll send you some. But no, thanks for having me. It's thanks. been so fun. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Pleasure. <laughs>